Hey, welcome to AfterBuzz TV's CBS Brain Dead. We've got episode two for you. A lot to look forward to on tonight's episode. Stay with us. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. What is up, everybody? Welcome to CBS's Brain Dead After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We have a lot to look forward to. It is episode 102, Playing Politics, Living Life in the Shadow of the Budget Shutdown, A Critique. That is the name of our episode tonight. So a lengthy one. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say that again? I didn't quite get that. I I will save our viewers (laughs) from repeating that. Um, But a lot to look forward to to tonight. It was a great episode. I'm your host, Kevin Ellis. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at KevinEllis25 or on Twitter at TheKevinEllis. And we have two lovely panelists tonight. One, a newbie. Courtney Henderson, please introduce yourself. Uh, Court, you said it all. That's me, Courtney Henderson. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Cohen, C-O-U-H-E-N. And we have the lovely Lucretia Lyon. Lucretia. Hey, guys. And as always, it's L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N. Find me on the, anywhere at, on the internet anywhere at that. I can't even say it. <laughs> We're feeling a little brain dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's been a hot one today in LA. Yeah. We got up to, what, 111 at one point in time? I think so, so yeah. Toasty. But who's counting? Yeah, seriously. Um, so we had a great episode tonight. Uh, we started out the episode with a folk song. Mm-hmm. I love yes. Previously on Brain Dead, and we've got a great 30-second folk song, and it just sets the tone for the zany mm-hmm. political drama. I just, I loved it. It was, it was such a nice little addition. I know. I'm going to have to put that on my iPod. Right? You know, Something about it, mm. I, I don't even want to say it, but I'm, I'm going to. Do uh, it. <laughs> It reminded me of the theme song for Big Bang Theory. Okay. All right. I see. You know, it. like in the just that kind of quirky, fun. Definitely. You, you're taking a serious topic and, and making light of it. I went, uh, I went back to mm-hmm. A Mighty Wind. I don't know. Okay. It's been yeah, a yeah. long time since I've seen that movie, <laughs> but uh, that's where it took me to. But no, I totally see where you're going so, with Big Bang. But I hope they do it every week. No. Yeah. Every week new. Keep it fresh. And that maybe get amazing. bare naked ladies to actually do it. Like the Big Bang song. Oh, yeah. There you um, go. Every, every week. Yeah. Every week. <laughs> so we start out with our protagonist again, Laurel Healy. Uh, and well, first of all, we're, we're, we're hearing a lot of rhetoric. We get all the cable news highlights in this series. And we're hearing a lot of Trump, a lot mm-hmm. of Hillary Clinton. So they're bringing a lot of present-day politics into the show, which is kind of cool. I like it. Yes. I, I don't know about you guys. Yes. I, As a fan of The Good Wife, which the kings who created this show also did, that's something they've always kept very relevant on the times. And so it's fun to see a new show and to see that they're still... They still have certain things that are kind of like their thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's one of them, so I love it. Yeah, especially when Abby brought up Trump. Have you heard what Trump is saying? I was just like, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I feel like it makes the world that we are in a little bit more relatable in this mm-hmm. I- in Brain Dead. It makes everything more relatable. It makes it feel real, and we feel encompassed in it a little bit more. That's the feeling that I get. So I, I get excited about it. But we're, so we're introduced to Bugs right away in Laurel's apartment. We get right into the sci-fi element. Yes. Bugs are crawling in, and she can't kill them. It's oh. interesting. She uses bug spray. She tries to stomp them. Do you feel like that this... I thought she did kill them when she stomped on them. But th- but did you see them trying... It looked like that they were trying to almost regenerate oh, them. I thought they That's were eating was... them. Was that what it was happening? I thought were they were they eating them, and so I wrote as a prediction, Okay, I, which is like Go way later, it. but I said, are the ants going to get bigger? Like, if they yeah. eat, you know, are they going to, like, multiply? So they're Or get bigger because they're, like, eating themselves, okay. the dead ones. Because it was, it was quick cuts, so yes. I'm glad that you picked up on I that. I mean, I, I could be wrong. They could have been, like, with their space juice or whatever, like, bring it back to life. Because yeah. I also, in the song, they gave us some information that was a little bit of a clarity on some of those things. Like, we see the ants go in last episode... But I didn't catch anything that said that it was, like, a space bug, mm-hmm. you know? So there was a little mm-hmm. more clarity on some of those kinds of things. Like, <laughs> what we're really dealing with here. Yeah. I mean, if you guys have any thoughts, always join us in our chat room. We're here for you. We will answer your questions during the YouTube ch- uh, chat room uh, while we're doing it live. So please yes. join us. Um, interesting. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's curious. Parasites being mm-hmm. parasites amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, 
so I guess that's that's what I kind of want to ask you is do you feel like that this life form is more complex than us? They are a parasite, but they're also kind of feeding off of us. So does that make them more of an intelligent life form than us? Well, especially being that they make them intentionally look like ants, which ants are actually probably one of the most complicated creatures. They're the only creature other than humans that take slaves. Mm. So it was really interesting that you brought up the fact that they sort of eat each other and the term parasite because, yeah, they're feeding off us and each other. So that would be the technical term of what they are. But being that they're ants, it's like they're like enslaving us too mm-hmm. and yeah as i say they're one of the most complicated creatures in you know well and these are space bugs so they're probably like way more complicated interesting mm-hmm. i like that so we jump to fbi agent anthony anafrio who is played by charlie samine he is visiting laurel healy in the senator's chambers and he's asking about dr dodier who the doctor whose head exploded in the mm-hmm. ambulance from last episode, mm-hmm. we see that revisited because it is now an investigation mm-hmm. by the FBI. How do you feel about that? Not local police, but it's jumping all the way up to the FBI, though there's little known about it. He implies, mind you, I'll, I'll follow up with that. Mm-hmm. He implies that they're curious about whether or not the ambulance driver is a terrorist. Yeah, I love that. And that's why it really upset me that Mulder and Scully weren't on the case for the FBI. Like, this is definitely an X-File. <laughs> See, I I thought maybe he's already been infected. Oh, you got and, that. And, and, or that he spoke with people that were, that were trying to derail to say, oh, well, maybe it's a terrorist, or oh, maybe it's this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the other people that he's already talked to have already been infected and so they're giving him kind of false information i mean because we see later scarlet kind of that way you know it seems like she's i thought she had been infected and that some will be like republic it kind of it like makes you like a very Mm -hmm. i don't want to say pure but kind of specific pure or extreme version of whatever uh, party you are. Sure. No. Uh, that obviously is not the case. Right. No. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, we can talk about that later. Yeah, no, that's interesting that you brought that up. I, I felt that he he was playing a character that is more akin to reveal our own commentary mm-hmm. in our own mm-hmm. current uh, our own current society in that we are so quick to to look at certain incidents if they don't make sense to us. We we, we automatically go to a go to like terrorism right. or um, something just extreme that has hurt us as a society rather than think about the the bigger picture if there's something more to it mm. than that yeah and you could tell he really didn't seem to believe that because it didn't seem like the only thing he was fed is mm-hmm. like was there a gun right. was he a terrorist so I'm oh, thinking right. that maybe he, he got it from the other people in the ambulance that are now infected so maybe one of them is so anti-gun and the other one's pro-terrorist, splitting it into right. the ideas of Republicans or Democrats, to, you know, layman's terms. You know? Right, right. Mm. I didn't even think about that because mm. I wonder, did Laurel, because she was covered, is that how the ants got in her house? Mm. You know, like, so did everybody that got kind of hit? But then we also see, you know, other people in the similar situation. And they, mm. so far from what we've seen, it doesn't look like they're infected. I mean, Laurel mm. doesn't seem to be infected. No, I, no, obviously, no. Yeah. she can't be as... The protagonist of the show. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be very odd if they threw that in there. I'm like, uh, second episode in this series. Right. She's brain dead. Uh, so we get on over to Annie, who's this little girl with cancer who comes on in to the senator's office to talk about Annie's 2020 vision in that she is trying to reach 20 different monuments across the nation, and the Lincoln Memorial <laughs> is her final stop. But because of the government shutdown, which her brother caused in many respects, mm-hmm. she can no longer visit because the whole system is furloughed. So we've got this cute little girl, and now she, and Laurel, is trying to play this this advocate for for this little girl. But it becomes a political game over time, mm-hmm. and she's trying to get her brother to do this. It, it, do you feel like do you feel like all of Washington is just always going to use moments like this to their advantage and is there any goodness in just a simple act of kindness 
only with Gareth and Laurel that we've seen is that they seem to be the only decent people there because yeah. even Laurel's brother is a scumbag. <laughs> and see, I don't think Gareth is yeah. in any way a good person. You think there's a more to him? I mean, he fed her a fake number. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, everything he's done so far has been cutthroat and political, I guess right. I'll say. Like, politically correct in that sense. I, I don't think that... Well, I guess I'll say I think everybody would do what Luke did if they mm-hmm. thought of it in time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, I feel like to some extent in politics, you kind of have to do that because people aren't going to think you're good or take you at your word or kind of trust that you're the good person that you are if they if it stays behind closed doors. Yeah. Because somebody somewhere, which we see, is going to show the other side or to spin something to be the negative. And so if you have no positive out there, then, you know, it just gets really skewed, you know, against you. Yeah. No, I would completely agree. I We get to Luke, who mm-hmm. is now in a, com- a committee meeting uh, with some of his party members. We are introduced to Ella Pollock, who is played by Jayanne Maxwell. She is an elder party member, and you can tell that she's got a little bit of gravitas amongst this group. Once she speaks, people listen to her, Mm -hmm. so she has a little bit of clout. Do you sense at this point in time that Luke's hold on his majority or minority whip position Mm -hmm. is already faltering? Do you feel like people are already going against him at this point in time? I think so. I think there's starting to be a shift here in the political game. I mean, not just since he was knocked down from majority to minority leader, but yeah, I mean, who's going to trust the guy that actually shut down the government? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. right. And later on, Luke is trying to scramble for solutions. And because of that, he's drawn into a situation where he has to ask his sister for some assistance. And he's asked Laurel to try and find out information from Gareth and trying to get him mm-hmm. to apologize. So they go on into the green room while they're on, well, Red and Luke are on doublespeak, having a debate. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what did you think of Red just using one-liners all the time? <laughs> I felt like he was he was one of those uh, one of those politicians who, like a like a Reagan, mm-hmm. he was just ju- you know Aww. blurting out the like the perfect the perfect uh, one-liner. But there was there was nothing there was nothing more to it. He wasn't actually expanding on his thoughts because this was like a brain dead moment for him. Uh, you have Luke in there who's actually like talking about policy initiatives, and he's getting nothing from from yeah. Red yeah. at yeah. all. He's a Reagan robot. He's a I, Reagan you know, robot. I hate that because oh, it was so hard for me to watch. I hate that. I hate mm-hmm. watching that. Uh, but I liked Reagan, so I don't <laughs> like I don't like the. The connection, I guess. One, one comment well, that we Reagan got... Reagan wasn't actually a robot. This guy just... Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. One comment... But, but I mean the one-liner. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that he just... I mean, yeah. he did have a lot of the right things to say. Oh, but, totally, totally. Yeah. But De- Red... I didn't feel like Red was saying the right thing because mm-hmm. it's just kind of... You just... I thought maybe it's because we know he just looked brain dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? To yeah. me, because I'm just like... You're literally making no sense mm-hmm. in comparison to what he conversation he's trying. Luke is trying to start with you. So it's almost like he's in this current election. He's just saying <laughs> one-liners that make no sense that have nothing to do with what anybody asks him. <laughs> it is, it, it, I don't know if you're noticing, but there's almost a uh, there's almost a tone to the way that Tony Shalhoub is portraying the character, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he is very um, he's very quick to the point. He has these interesting um, this interesting uh, this tone to him that almost does remind me of Trump. It's not yeah. it's not the rhetoric. It's just simply just the way that he's portraying it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you've picked up on that too. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just Ha- uh, you know, by chance, but I thought it was interesting. WSOX man commented uh, on our initial YouTube video. He was feeling that uh, this was a uh, Republican bashing uh, episode, which is curious. I mean, he, uh, I don't know. To me, I think they pull punches for both sides. I think yeah. it is very much more equal because a lot of like the stuff where it's like Republicans this, Republicans that is like the news media. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's almost just sort of making fun of media, not and how they portray the Republicans. You know, in this time. And to me, I don't think it was a jab at them. It's a jab at all politics and media mm-hmm. right now. I think that's what the show is yeah. doing a good job at, is it's making us see the ridiculousness of both sides. Right. And yeah. how each party is not working towards that idealistic goal that they initially <laughs> intended, and instead 
they are becoming almost shells of themselves. And it's interesting because Laurel, you know, she's such she's intended to be that breath of fresh air mm-hmm. because she's in politics because she works for her brother, but she is not political. Right. She wants nothing to do with it. And so she's she's not playing the political game in politics. And you see some of those things like kind of getting played, you know, with the whole fake number thing. And then you but but then you see her care about Annie and just it, if her brother could just freaking get her name right one time, right. you know, she'd be happy, you know, and uh, it's it's just kind of fun to see the person that's not political kind of succeeding a little bit in politics. Yeah, and she has that she has a way about her where she she can almost get what she wants a little bit, and she uses that on Gareth where mm-hmm. she gets him to apologize, mm-hmm. and suddenly he asks her to tax prom, which. Have never heard of tax prom before until tonight, but I guess it is a thing where the lobbyists actually uh, take out some of uh, some individuals amongst the political parties and try and woo them a little bit. So, what did you think? What did you think about Gareth and Laurel going to tax prom together? I, I thought that was adorable because even she is kind of like delighted that he asked her. You mm-hmm. can tell, like when she's talking about it, she's like, "Well, I got asked to tax prom." <laughs> did you did you take away that there was an extra motivation behind Gareth's request? I wonder. I wondered because she kind of I didn't feel like he apologized at all. I think she mm. turned that on him and just like, Yeah, thank you for the, you know, attempted apology. Like I get what you're trying to do, you're just bad at it. Yeah. And then he asked her, so I think it was he could kind of tell she was playing a, a game, but he didn't know what. Uh-huh. And so he asked to kind of figure it out. Or maybe he just straight up knew that they were in that room together because she wanted the name of the turned, or I guess the demoted Republican. Right. I mean, because if if her brother and her have figured out that that's what needs to be done so that they can get the majority, it's not like the other side hasn't figured that out too. Mm-hmm. That all it's going to take is the Democratic whip to know who just got demoted and to try to offer him something. Right. So. So, what? Did, I mean, what did you think about Laurel... Going to uh, taking the napkin and calling that number. Did you think that that was ethical of her? Is that something that we see of her character? Because there's a little bit of cunningness to her. Like she mm-hmm. she has that motivation to to succeed and to uh, get make her brother proud. But it's a little different than what we've seen her do in the past. Yeah, um, I don't think she wanted to do it. I feel that. You know, she just thought that's what she had to do to be political. And I think that's why Gareth tested her with that to see. Because as we see, he is a little bit, you know, more political than she is. But he's still much of an idealist. I mean, you see later with the Reagan comment, you know, that he really believes in this too. And that's why I think he was really disappointed that she took it, you know. Mm -hmm. No, I would agree. I would agree. And they get into the conversation when they're drinking a little bit more (laughs) about the idealism that was mentioned earlier and how it is, in fact, how they're both noticing that it's destroying uh, Washington. And I want to get your commentary on whether or not you think that that these bugs are bringing a sensibility to Washington or if it, and, and actually being more more instructive than destructive. Truly, mm-hmm. like if you just look at what these bugs are trying to do and try and unite the parties, not in a some chance. Respects. No, I don't think mm-hmm. they're trying to unite the parties. I think they're trying to create one party. Yeah, that's Isn't the difference. That the definition of uniting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but we can work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and have completely different beliefs. And yeah. I'm going to bring and give, and you're going to bring and give, and we're both going to take as well. And we're going to find a middle ground that everybody can compromise on. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not what's happening. They're all being shifted into one mindset. Right. And it's not their own mindset. No one is thinking for themselves. At least that's how it appears so far. So what mindset is it? Well, see, to me, I actually see it as the opposite. Is because it's making people sort of how they are now. Like, we're swinging, you have your people that are swinging way too far to the left, or way too far to the right. And that's how it's making these people. So to me, I mean, it is very, you know, great and telling of our time right now because that's sort of how people are in the moment of politics but yeah to me i don't see how they could ever come to the thing because the only thing they seem to agree on is this uh this juicing book (laughs) but they're all they're all extreme right yeah yeah so that like they're they're it's not making democrats 
more liberal. It's only making people more. Well, with Scarlet Republican. though, I mean, no, mm, I don't think so. No. Because I, I, I mean, I think that yeah. both part, like they're both sides to yeah. to it all. Because even Abby, Abby's yeah, Abby, conservative. Abby went That's what I'm far saying. conservative. But then, oh, yeah. but yeah, but no, Scarlet's Democrat. Yeah, yeah. no, no, she's yeah. trying to get the ants into Luke's ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's still, sucks. Yes, no, 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 no. But, but she's still I pushing it. I think she is agreeing. I think she is supposed to do that because he's a Democrat. So she works in his office, and she was infected, mm-hmm. and now it's her job to get him infected so that they both swing right. That's what I think. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think yeah. she's I don't think she's a Democrat anymore. Well, I mean, okay, if we if we get deeper into it, there's not necessarily an ideology that I feel like the bugs are uniting mm-hmm. for because if you look. At the meeting that, and we're getting a little far ahead, but we'll yes. do it anyway because we're there. <laughs> but when you look at when Tony Shalhoub's character Red mm-hmm. uh, sets up the meeting with uh, with Ella and Luke mm-hmm. in uh, the Mexican right. uh, restaurant, mm-hmm. they sit down and he suggests del- just ending mm-hmm. the Department of Education, Commerce, and Energy. energy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. three, three of mm-hmm. one of so, some of the most integral parts of our. Uh, governmental uh, departments, he wants to axe. I mean, Department of Education. We can't end the Department of Education. Otherwise, we're not going to learn anything. So what is what is the logic? Yeah, I mean, It's exactly. expensive. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. No, no. That they said. These are the three most expensive programs we sure. have. That's why they've got to go. But what I'm saying is it's not necessarily a right view. Yeah. It's just simply a radical view. It's, it's trying to... The, whatever these... Bugs are doing. It's trying to get everybody in a in just one mindset, like you had said, just one mindset, whatever it may be. But I was going to point out from the first episode. You know, there were the couple, the interracial couple. That the guy was the first guy to actually have the bugs. Mm-hmm. They were both very far left, and then yeah. Tony Shalhoub is actually the first one that is more far right. And then you see with Abby. So, yeah, to me it is just their, you know, because I think the whole point of this show is to make fun of the extremism on both sides. So that's just what makes more sense to me as far as, like, what we've seen so far. But it could change. Like, as you say, molding more into just one insane mindset, but... Because yeah. I just don't, yeah. I guess we just don't know yeah. what the end game is yet, and that's that's what's driving us crazy. Right, is right. We just don't know the end game. I know because now I'm like trying to think back to the first couple, and I'm like, yeah. what did they say that made them that? How do we know that they're liberal? Yeah, I, I again, I just I don't yeah. necessarily think that it is. It is in our sense how we uh, define Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative. Right. It's more uh, just this odd. Uniting of, mm-hmm. of beliefs, and that's yeah. I think it's just, weird... and I say party, but for I mean, just for lack of a better word, I guess. But it just feels like they're trying to make everybody the same. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind exactly. of, I think, a little bit of a commentary on mm-hmm. uh, entertainment or you know just society in general because. You know, I don't know. I grew up. My dad always joked that mm. I would wear a uniform to school because <laughs> I wanted to wear the same thing that everybody else. You know, like yeah. I, if mm. I'm gonna date myself, but like Jinkos are popular. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you want to wear. And he's like, you may not be wearing like the Catholic school girl, you know, outfit every day because you don't go to a private Catholic school, but sure. you're still wearing a uniform every day. You're still not thinking for yourself. You know, and so it's like if you really want to stand out and and self express. Then why are you asking me to take you to the mall to buy the same thing every other girl's school is gonna wear? You know what I mean? You're not, nope. You got a point. So I, it's kind of I think a commentary on just people not thinking for themselves and just kind of following, weird you know, the the, the of, leader. You know, kind yeah. of what they're exposed to. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we leave tax prom, we're introduced to mm-hmm. a couple of characters that are both friends of Laurel in her past. So you've got Stacy, who is the photographer, very sweet woman, who mm-hmm. introduces uh, Laurel to Abby Summers. And Abby, mm-hmm. I guess at one point in time, was a little bit more, I, I guess, artistic. Like, she, she had gone mm-hmm. out and she was, she was a photographer. Um, and now all of a sudden, she's got these really extreme views, obviously mm-hmm. uh, infected with these, uh, with these bugs. But I wanted to ask you, how would you feel going to an old high school mm-hmm. reunion 
and like we'll just say high school reunion for the mm-hmm. sake or just an event and you would see somebody just totally turned in the way that she was laurel was just so confused right. she had no clue what to make of it i would have been i no. would have just uh, and i think that's why she kind of shot out at her so strongly yeah. i mean it wasn't that night but you know when they do the girls night later but apparently i mean it, it sounded like at one point that she said that she got this grant and it was only like the week before. Mm-hmm. Like this wasn't something because you know you go to you go to high school. Like I am not the same as I was in high school. Sure. You know, and I wouldn't expect or I wouldn't be shocked if I went to my ten year reunion and other people were also different than when we were in high school. But a week has gone by yeah. from like seeing that she's accepted this grant and is going to write this novel, and now she she. I read it. It's yeah. not very good. I'm yeah. young. And America's falling apart. And it's like, well, since when did you care about that? Did you think that it was realistic for them to suddenly have a discussion between Stacy and Laurel mm-hmm. to have an intervention with a friend that they haven't seen in years? I thought that that was a little out of left field. Personally. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a little odd to be so quick to it. Because it's just like, you never... A lot of times people say change that quickly because something happened. To me, it would have been more like them to just kind of have a a chat with her, like some coffee or tea or something, not an intervention. It's just like, hey, did something happen, you know? Because that's usually why people do that. I mean, they didn't know that Mm -hmm. bugs infected her brain, but, yeah. Well, and it's actually interesting because when they were having that conversation and Laurel was kind of going out uh, Abby very strongly, Abby came back and she was like, uh, am I not allowed to take responsibility for my life? Am I not allowed, you know? and, And I didn't grow up with money. I am on my own. I have to pay for my own life. And... And while I know where it's coming from, because it's very clear that she's been infected, I thought that they were still valid points. Yeah, because yeah. I, as somebody, you know, in, in the entertainment industry out here, I have friends all the time that kind of, it's, it seems like it's just one day kind of say, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to grind it out. I don't want to struggle. I, you know, I'm going to, I want stability and I, I just want to go do something else. And so to me, I was like, you know what? Like you said, it's out of left field because they haven't seen her in years. Maybe yeah. this was kind of always in the background. <laughs> Possibly. Of our mind. So we're introduced to Mr. Gustav Triplett in mm-hmm. a chess, several chess matches, because mm-hmm. this guy is so a brainiac. Uh, good character, played by Johnny Ray Gill, and he gets to his friend Oscar, and Oscar is not in a good place. He has <laughs> yeah. clearly been infected by the bugs while he's playing. And calls 911, gets him to a CAT scan. And something is, is revealed during the CAT scan as we get to Rochelle Dodier, who is the daughter of the doctor whose head exploded earlier. So this, this, this Oscar guy, his head explodes. Uh, and so he's the second guy for this to happen. As Laurel and Rochelle are discussing the, the revelation that these bugs are in fact in their brains through these CAT scans, what was going through your mind as far as what, you, what you're thinking about this, this, this character being introduced or just what was going through your minds in general? I was so glad to see another character who just immediately jumped onto something. You know, he's trying to help his friend. And the progression of this episode of him actually... I love that he went to look up science channels on YouTube was where he first Mm -hmm. went. And, like, you know, he actually got a microscope. This guy's a smart guy, but he's obviously someone who doesn't have the money to be, you know, a doctor or something like that. So it's really cool to show this character because, yeah, this guy... He can help Laurel, and she's messaged him, you know, by the end. And I think that they'll be a really interesting team. I'd agree. Yeah. Do you think that this Rochelle Dodier mm-hmm. and the and Gustav mm-hmm. are going to possibly collaborate? Because they both seem very intelligent. One is an mm-hmm. ER nurse. That's how she found mm-hmm. out uh, about the CAT scan to begin with. And then you have Gustav, who, as you yeah. said, is researching on his own, trying to right. find out all of this information. Do you think that these are going to be integral characters moving forward? I think so, yeah. Especially Gustav, because you could tell, um, you know, with Laurel already messaging him, and he's the one putting this out there on the internet, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's already getting other people because we don't know. This may not be Washington-centric. So being out on the Internet, there could be, I mean, since it landed in Russia, True. there may be Russians coming and saying, hey, yeah. Right. And it, I thought it was interesting that she did specifically look at um, head exploding in D.C. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. other thing, so you asked, you know, what was I thinking when I saw this? Two things come to mind. Um, the first is 
I love I love the Kings. I will always love the yeah. Kings in the shows. Mm-hmm. I think that they do because they could have introduced this character whose brain is going to explode any way they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they gave him just the most fun, creative way. And again, it speaks to... They, they really put you in the city that the show takes place in and give you a sense of like what life really is like there because yeah. people really play chess in the park yes. in D.C., you know? Um, the other thing was... How how does how is it determined whose head explodes and who's just infected? I get the feeling, I don't know about you, but I feel like whoever is strong-willed enough and who does not want to and wants to fight, the fighters are the ones who and and the ones who are more open-minded are the ones who are getting their heads blown up. You see the doctor who mm-hmm. is very free thinking, you see a chess player who I'm sure is quite intelligent. I think that these uh more uh sound individuals are the ones that are that are fighting off this disease. Knew that they were inside. That they knew that they were inside. That whole thing. Okay. There's more consciousness I just, of But I, that came existence. to mind kind of like, okay, what's What's the determining factor? Like, is it people of influence that their head doesn't explode? You know, because that's how they're going to use these senators and who knows who else, you know, later? Or is it, is it maybe it's just that, the way that they think and if they are detected, your head's gone? Yeah, I think that's what we speculated in the last episode, too, is that the people who have their own minds, basically, yeah, like a doctor, a chess player, you know, Laurel, if it ever tried to infect her, mm-hmm. like these people mm-hmm. who are not going to follow the crowd, you know, that's not who they want. Mm-hmm. So they'll just, they'll just kill them because, yeah, I mean, they're not going to comply. Do you see a character like, let's go under the theory, if you see a character like Luke Healy, mm-hmm. do you think that he is, he is together enough to, to fight or do you not? Nope. No, I, I, I think I think Luke could be easily infected because you saw how he used Annie. And you know, he's obviously okay with that. I mm. really like his character. I also really hate that I like his character <laughs> because he's basically a bad guy. He's cheating on his pregnant wife. Mm-hmm. He's getting mad. He like he fires everyone except his sister, the newest person on the team. He uses Annie. You know, it's he's just I kind of. That stereotypical, like, corrupt... I feel like so, some of the stereotypes of politics, he's just all of them, you know? But yeah. I, he's charismatic, <laughs> and he's good-looking, and I, I just... You can't help... And it's Laurel's brother, so I guess you kind of... You hope that she's going to help get more out of him and kind of, like, make him strong enough to withstand, maybe by the time it happens to him. I don't know. And um, but, by the end yeah. of the yeah. episode... He no, we're getting ahead, but that's okay. Uh, by the end of the episode, he loses his minority whip position to Ella Pollock, mm-hmm. and so now he's in a position where he has to fight a little bit harder and, and think that a little differently. Him. Hopefully, so, but as he stands right now, no, I no. think I think he'd be infected. Yeah, I think he should just go back to investigating sex crimes. <laughs> Another show. Speaking of crime, we're getting uh, to the FBI agent again, uh, Anthony. He, <laughs> we start out the scene in a funny way. Again, a testament to the Kings and uh, Larry Kaplow, who wrote this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he calls his assistant on over Grace. Turns out to be a temp by the name of Butch. <laughs> yes. So random, I have yeah. to say. You have oh, to get- yeah, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things that they throw on in there. Oh, my name's Butch. Yeah, and it's it's never, I don't, I mean, I shouldn't say never, but it doesn't have to be this, like, big, make you laugh, like, in-your-face kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. he's such a grounded, real guy, this mm-hmm. Butch guy. You know what I mean? But look at him, and you're like, this is so unfitting of <laughs> yeah. the situation, which is the, the comedy in it, but it's just so subtle. They're so good at the subtleties like that. That they are. So Laurel ends up visiting uh, the detective or the FBI agent, and she brings him the information that Rochelle had passed along to her. And did you get a feeling that there was a little bit of chemistry? I felt that she was a little nervous approaching him. Oh, yeah, I think so. You know, I I kind of figure they're going there with Gareth, but now I think there might be a triangle. I I truly do. I was a little surprised. I kind of came out of nowhere. He liked her. I mean, you see, wait a minute, you know what I mean? He was wanting um, to get all nice for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was getting all prepped. Yeah, but uh, I didn't I didn't notice or really pick up on anything from her. I, I felt yeah. like she more like felt weird because she caught him like primping. Ah. And it was like I, I don't know what to do <laughs> yeah. with this kind of a thing, but uh but 
I love triangle, you know, it's always It always helps out. Mm-hmm. You get to the end of the scene where she turns to the television and she sees that her brother is politicizing the mm. little oh. Annie who oh, yeah. is who cannot get to the Lincoln Memorial. So Annie is now getting a ton of press and is now being referred to as Shutdown Annie. It's getting social media attention and it's getting red riled up. Do you feel that, uh, from what I'm sensing amongst the those who are brain dead, mm-hmm. and what was confusing me about Abby to begin with, if we go back uh, to the intervention scene, or I guess that, that happens in the next scene um, where they have the girls' night, Abby gets very emotional. She starts crying uh, when they start confronting her. And that's not something I expected when... I was thinking about those who were infected because at this point in time, they're all very uh, they're stone cold. They don't have a lot of uh, emotion. Red occasionally does, but nothing extreme. Did you guys sense that there was a, a part of you that was questioning whether or not Abby was turned? Because I I was at until the end. I was a little uncertain. I was not uncertain. Okay, because yeah. at that point in time, I was a little confused just because of the fact yeah. that she was. She was crying and emotional. But um, So I guess that's almost scarier in that they aren't all like scarlet. Well, and yeah. it's interesting you point that out because I hadn't put this together and maybe it's nothing. Okay. But Luke at one point told Laurel about Annie because he, he's obviously annoyed that she's getting emotionally involved <laughs> yeah. in her cases with these constituents. Sure. He says, um, only feel if it makes you effective. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. o- only get involved in care if it makes you effective, i.e. using Annie on TV, yeah. i.e. getting emotional, you know, to try to, like, drive the point home and make you question. So, I mean, he- he's not infected it- no. yet, but that might just be kind of one of those, That's those things. That's definitely yeah. a politician's response. Right? Oh, yeah. Only feel if it's effective. Yeah. yeah if it makes you effective. Yeah. But it's sad. It was, that hit me. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's such, like, you know they're all told that somewhere in their, you But know, Laurel turns train. it around at the end, which was yes. nice because. Loved it. Uh, we'll, we'll jump to it. Just because of the mm-hmm. fact she was, when she went up to the security mm-hmm. guard and she tried to use a little bit of her clout as the yeah. senator's aide. Well, it worked before. Mm-hmm. It worked no. before, but it didn't this time. No. What worked was her own charm and just being good. A little bit of goodwill. Non-political. Not yeah. part of this game that's happening in Washington. Uh, we, we see somebody like Laurel try and unite with Stacy to try and get their friend Abby to you know, come to her senses. Do you feel that there is, do you think that there's a part of Laurel that does not, do you, do you think she's solely goodwill? Cause that's, again, we see somebody that had taken that phone number who tried to use, mm-hmm. uh, that moment for her own personal mm-hmm. gain. But I also see somebody who's just consistently, uh, ahead of the curve in this Washington game. She's always trying to do good. Yes. Yes. I mean, she's human, yeah. you know, so it's human nature. And I think she felt the obligation because you hear her say that whole, he used me first kind of a thing to justify yes. getting the, like taking the number. And then, and then she gets it, which is probably its own little internal battle. And then she's having the second battle in the bathroom. If she should actually call the number now mm-hmm. that she has it. Yeah. She had to so. talk herself into it. You know, it's not like she's just like, Oh, I see an opening here. You and know? it didn't work yeah. for her. Because she got played. Mm -hmm. So I think it will prove that moving forward for her, the non-political, be yourself, your your personal charm is going to be hopefully the the route she takes. Because it's definitely working for her far more efficiently than trying to play the political game when she is not political. Agreed. When you guys saw Scarlet... uh, Mm -hmm. Get with Luke again. Try whatever that was. Yeah. Um, Again, this is the the odd uh, the odd balance between the emotion that Abby was displaying under her brain dead Mm -hmm. state, Mm -hmm. and then you see this totally stone cold uh, Scarlet who just doesn't know how to operate. And and maybe that just shows who she was beforehand. If who the person was beforehand plays a role still Mm -hmm. in who they are after the fact. Yeah, Maybe certain aspects of their personality are what are enhanced. 
It's possible. And and that's why it's the people that are already brain dead that get infected versus get their head exploded. So it's just amplifying those brain dead features or uh, what attributes about you. Yeah. Which still, I mean, because obviously red is still red yeah. in a way, you know what I mean? And Abby is still Abby mm-hmm. to a point and Scarlet is still Scarlet, you know? So yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. I like that, that there's an element of themselves still. Yeah. Just bra- peeking it's, through. It's still yeah. them that's brain dead. Right. Right. They're yeah. not yeah, they're not a perfect sense of themselves, but what I think yeah, red they're not said, a robot. Yeah. yeah. They are just a better version of themselves to some degree. Which yeah. I have to ask then and maybe you're gonna bring it up oh, the ahead. juice. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen Scarlet with juice yet. Mm. That I, I but I it's obviously so, yeah. a thing. Yeah. This yeah. book, Forever Juice. <laughs> it's um, I like how they work their these little things that you that kind of unite all of the brain dead yeah. people in that you have the the song the walk of mm-hmm, uh, yeah. or not the walk of life uh, uh, it is uh, the way you, you might you might think yeah, you might think yeah. by cars um, yeah so you have the the song playing and you have that juice drink which is wheat and what else it's wheatgrass and beets there beets, that's yeah. beets. It, it's so just. California to me, just like, yeah. which they comment yeah. on as well. Yeah, Laurel being like, the Californian. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was hard to watch them in the bedroom when she's. I mean, she just felt so robotic. She did. It was. It was very awkward. And so. as you say, that's like an enhancement of her personality because before she was infected, she was kind of cold and unfeeling, and to me anyway, in the first episode. So yeah, it's just like. But it's I mean, you too have to be a little bit yeah. to like sleep with a married man. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say. Yeah. But before we move on to the next scene, I wanted to go back and talk about what Abby was doing when they were at the intervention. She was on the phone when Stacy yes. and Laura were talking, and she kept on referring to whoever she was talking to as the boss. What do you think that is? Who is she talking to? I took no. it as face value, like literally her boss at work. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, I, and knowing that she's brain dead, knowing that she's talking to somebody at the wee hours mm-hmm. of the night, I have to believe that there is at least some kind of, unless it's all an act and she's just fake on the phone, and whoever's in her head uh, mm-hmm. is talking to her. So I think that that's either a possibility, or if there is some kind of uh, communication taking place. From one source, wherever this this alien interesting figure may be, I don't know. I we'll, we'll yeah. get to find out. Because I, I I took it at face value as kind of driving the point home that she is this total extremist, radical, workaholic person that's clearly not the rebel, free thinking person that she's always been. Because they say mm. something about her parents were always like strict republicans and they thought she was kind of the rebel so you know so i just took it to kind of drive that point home but i will i will be interested to see if it plays out where there's kind of that hub of that like source that main source of info yeah Yeah, because i didn't think it was red but i'm guessing it's probably like another head of the republican party somehow that she's talking to because I think that it would have been a different tone if it was red, just because of the way he is. Like, oh, you actually yeah. think that it could have been red? Well, I think, you know, because she's now become this Republican extremist. Yeah. But I was like, I don't think it is. I think it's someone else in the Republican Party. Huh. No. Okay, curious. Because no. uh, it would be interesting. No. He is the highest, uh, yeah. the most powerful individual who has been taken so far. That we've seen. That we've yeah. seen. Yeah. And still will be probably, I, w- I would think throughout this season. We will see. Right. Um. So we get to Gareth, who plants the story of Annie's father, who they say that the dad was teaching at UDC that Lincoln was gay. So we get this really abstract... Which I think is true. (laughs) No, 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 sorry, let me clarify. I think that it was true that her Annie, Annie's dad had done that. No, I'm not saying I think that. Oh, that like was actually yeah. gay. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I saw. What is happening? I saw Somebody your face. I, like, I saw your face. Okay. And I knew what you were thinking. <laughs> so those of you that aren't seeing us, no, I think that it was true that Annie's dad was teaching 
the homosexuality. Yeah. I don't, I don't think in real life, me, Courtney, (laughs) that he is gay. Well, there is an entire sect of the Republican Party uh, known as the Log Cabin Republicans that do believe that Lincoln was gay. So, like, that is actual some political right away. Maybe that's what they're, again, just, like, touching in on. Um, And I, I didn't, I thought the whole thing was kind of a fake until they were at the monument and her dad said something about not under God. Oh yeah, not. You know, yeah. and then I'm like, okay, no, the what he's teaching was was yeah. true. Like, so the, that was an actual story, mm-hmm. but it was definitely just planted. Yeah, conveniently. Conveniently, Gareth is he's sly. He's he's an individual who I think is going to play a, a bigger role in hopefully shaping a, a, a positive message going forward because he has he has the intelligence to do it. He just needs the morality uh, that Laurel might uh, right. hopefully inflict upon him. We'll see through the course of the season whether or not Laurel uh, and he do become a thing and if there is a positive influence because yeah. that unity could could bode well for the world. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, yeah, we find out about planting uh, the planting of the napkin and Gareth was actually a little malicious in that. Mm-hmm. What did you take away from that? Did you think that Gareth was truly was truly being malicious, or was he just kind of looking out for Red? I think he was just testing Laurel to see if she would do it. Because, you know, he's this idealist on the other side, and then, you know, she's the one here. And, you know, I think that he was attracted to her in a way because he saw a little bit of himself just in a different perspective. And I think he was just really disappointed because he kind of thought she was better than him. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think she is because yeah. I think that she had to talk herself into doing it. And I think later on he kind of realizes that too, that she didn't just pull politics just because that's mm-hmm. who she is. But, you know. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, it was more of a he'd hoped he kind of found someone a little more like him. Mm. And and it was more of a test. to see. And, and I think too because she's new to the game to kind of see – how quick-witted and on her feet she is politically, just yeah. to kind of know how protective and guarded he needs to be around her. Because I think he doesn't want to be guarded. Mm-hmm. But oh. it's it's still his job to be, you know, when it comes to the, the 9 to 5, which, of course, is not anywhere near only 9 to 5, right. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, you can see, I, I think he even closed down his laptop at the end. There was a show of frustration and. that he did Mm -hmm. not like what he did to her so clearly there are emotions involved and i think you're right it was it was more of a test uh, more than anything so as we said earlier ella then suggests replacing luke as the minority whip so she's going to suddenly come to power and her character is probably going to become a little bit more uh, integral in the political Mm -hmm. landscape in washington so we could see her butting heads with Red a little bit more. And as we said, Luke is going to have to pick up and become more than he has been. Otherwise, yes. he's not in a good place. And I will say, I think she had that that picked from the start. Oh, yeah. The second that he lost the majority, I think she defended him knowing that she would then be the one that, that defending him, I can buy you some time, but she knew he wasn't going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll find out at some point that she had a hand in making sure nothing did long enough for her to be able to take his role. Because, I mean, I don't know, I'm not in politics, but being, like you said, kind of that gravitas, kind of that uh, experienced person, mm-hmm. and having this young buck come in and get that whip role... That, yes. that might leave a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? And then to have him fail at it and be like, see, I told you from the beginning it should have been somebody that knew what they were doing. Yep. yep. He was definitely played. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Ella set him up for an opportunity to either succeed or fail, but she was along the entire way in the background. It was like Celebrity Apprentice yeah. in that he was the project manager, she was <laughs> along the way, and <laughs> if he fails, it's on him. Yeah. So, uh, as you said earlier, Laurel goes to the Lincoln Memorial mm-hmm. and she has a moment of awakening and inspiration when Annie starts talking about the the Gettysburg Address and she finds herself on her laptop later on learning about exploding heads or at least searching mm-hmm. for exploding heads yes. and finds Gustav who has yeah. posted a YouTube video 
with yes. a bug crawling across the plastic bag that he had cleverly. I don't know if anybody is this mm-hmm. clever or would foresee any change in a plastic bag sample of brain tissue if anything would change in it. But he has his camera phone mm-hmm. on a repeat taking yeah. snapshots. Right. He's clearly, I mean, he's, he's not your, yeah, your average person. I mean, he reminds me of, and I wish I knew his name so I could properly reference him, but the Catch Me If You Can guy. Uh, who, you Frank Abingdale. Yes, yeah. thank you. I'm glad you knew that. Yeah. Who, you know, just read the books and passed what is it? Um, the bar yes. in like three after three weeks, and you know all these things. You know, it's there are these people out there, and he's like, oh no, I'm not a doctor. I just read a lot, and it's like, wow, if we just put our nose in a book for a minute or two <laughs> <laughs> or ten. Oh, you, no, you're yeah. right. So obviously, we're going to see a meeting of some sort between Laurel and Gustav, which is which is great. We have this this new character coming in who is smart, who can hopefully solve this problem or at least expose it beyond what it is right now. Predictions, any large ones that we have not already hit? Let's see. I'm trying I'm trying to think myself. I think I have hit pretty much everything that I wanted to. Um more than anything, I think that Ella, the new mm-hmm. minority whip, I think she is going to be uh, also brain dead pretty soon. Really? That's my, that's my prediction. To me, I thought she was stronger than Luke, so I was kind of seeing her going further than him. That, yeah. If I yeah. had to guess right now, that would be, I would say, I think she's not going to be infected. Okay. Mm. Okay. But. Interesting. Okay. We'll see. I just don't, I don't think that they're going to make both of kind of these head figures. It would be. Both brain dead. Mm-hmm. Although. It would be kind of fun to see that because then we would get a little more info on how much of themselves is still really present. Right. Because, I mean, if they were both brain dead, then would they just start working together? And you would have equal parts power of both parties going at it it. or uniting. In what way are they going to clash or... Or unite. Yeah. It could be even more interesting if that does come about. But a lot to look forward to. It was a great episode, episode 102, whose episode name I will probably not even repeat just because it's so darn long. You know what it is. Number 103 will be coming up next week. I am Kevin Ellis. You can find me on Instagram at KevinEllis25 or on Twitter at TheKevinEllis. Courtney. I am Courtney Henderson. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Cohen, C O U H E N. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, and you can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet, since there is only one. Always know that you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or YouTube. If you can't watch us live on Monday nights, always join us afterwards. Chat with us during the show or comment afterward. We love to get your comments. Uh, Thank you for Finken, who had joined us in the Mm -hmm. chat room for a period of time. We are your AfterBuzz panel for CBS's Braindead. We will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.